This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. So I forget, is this Black Sabbath or is this Ozzy Osbourne? Well, I mean, you see the screen in front of you, it literally says Ozzy. So I think Black Sabbath would be pretty upset if he just decided to use his own name. Okay. So yeah, it's just Ozzy. just want to know. You know, Ozzy was in Black Sabbath. Yeah, I do know that. You do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Figured that out a few weeks ago. <laughs> your 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 knowledge of uh, musical history is astounding. Yeah. And I mean that. I'll not, tell you all the Wu Tang Clan members. Not the best terms. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not... tell you all the Wu Tang Clan members. I'll tell you all the guys from NWA for sure. Wow. Death Row. Wow. Absolutely. All right. Uh, young Money, Cash Money, Billionaires. I'll tell you all those guys. That was a group. Yeah. yeah. Little Wayne. Can you tell me all the Bird, guys? Birdman. All the guys in the Fat Boys. He, was Heavy D? No, Heavy D and the Boys. That's, yeah. that's that was the thing. Fat Boys were good, man. Back yeah. in the day, that was before your time. Oh, it had nothing to do with Fat Joe. Was no. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> yeah, he was part of the Terror Squad. See. I know my music, just in certain avenues. Look, man, I, I you know, I, I'm a aficionado of the rap music and the hip hop. Some may disagree with you that you don't know anything about music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, New Jack City, really impressive. Really good. Movie. Lo- love that movie. Thank yeah. you and Corey Williams for recommending that. So this weekend is Boiler Room. Is Boiler Room okay? Trust me. All right. Boiler Room. I'll stream it this weekend. Hey, by the way, um, you know what else is going down this weekend? Ali, Arizona basketball. Yep. Uh, Arizona taking on ASU. If you want to call in and talk about that game and other college basketball happenings, 719-1490, 719-1490 is that phone number. Uh, hour number two of Spears and Ali is presented by uh, Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Huge thanks to all of our sponsors. And way for you to do the read yesterday, because I listened to the show yesterday, and uh, you, you said, hey, Tucson Federal Credit Union, better than a bank, better than your bank. Way to go. And uh, Paul Volpe, the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans, also better than your bank. They share that in common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what kind of beverage does uh, Paul Volpe indulge in? Oh, man. That's for Paul to tell you. That's okay. not I, I, I'm not a purveyor of other people's You guys had a good time the other night talking yeah. talking all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Great guy. I'm just telling you, you, you want to talk about guys that you could just hang out with and have a beverage of your choice with. Yeah. Paul Volpe is uh, one of the, maybe the top 10 in, in this town. Incredible bar, too, at his, at his place. Yeah, not bad. Looks like McHale Center. Well, McHale Center is the old floor. Yeah. Part of the old it's floor. It's right now. in there, man. He's got, he's got a... Uh, jumbotron over, over his pool, pool table. It's awesome. Looks like the jumbotron of McHale. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. Speaking of which, uh, like I said, Arizona versus ASU this weekend, and it's going to be uh, a very emotional day for a lot of people. Um, it's going to be Senior Day, so the last game at McHale Center. It's time to honor uh, the seniors. Now, whether it's seniors who have been there for several years since day one and grinded all the way through this, uh, you're very familiar with one of those guys, uh, your very own son, yeah. Xavier, is a manager on the basketball team, and he'll be honored. Uh, is it after the game or before the game? Are they gonna it's going to be day? before the game. So get I like there that early. idea. Yeah, it's going like to be that. before the game. Yeah, because I, I never liked the idea of doing it afterwards, like just in case you lost. Like I'll never forget, I think it was 2017, 
and Arizona had senior day against UCLA. Yeah. And Kadeem Allen, the the one senior that they honored, he had a chance to get a game winner, and he and he airballed a shot. And then afterwards, it's like, all right, let's have a the senior day moment for Kadeem. And it was just kind of weird. It's like, man, he missed the game winner, and now he's kind of upset because he did that and you honor him after the game but i always preferred it to do it beforehand so i'm glad they're doing it certainly hard to compartmentalize uh, right after a game i think i'm glad they're doing it before the game too but you know what we don't talk en- uh, enough about with arizona basketball and tommy lloyd in particular is what an amazing job he and his staff have done in the transfer portal not just getting good players but getting kids of really high character i mean yeah. you think about it when somebody goes in the transfer portal sometimes it's just you're just in, uh, importing someone else's problem and not, you know, not everybody there's, there's a lot of uh, pitfalls with taking somebody from another program that for whatever reason, wasn't working out and they come here. But if you look through the, the young men that Tommy Lloyd has brought in a transfer portal, man, he's done an exceptional job. Again, not just with the quality of the player, but the just the absolute quality of the character and mm-hmm. Courtney Ramey, Cedric Henderson, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew Matthew Lang, Lang Matthew Lang from Gonzaga. Just they're very very impressive young men. Well, Jordan Maines he is it transferred to Jordan. Well, no, Jordan. It was just a walk on just from the start. Yeah, he can play, man. <laughs> well, that, and he, I watched he, practice well, yesterday. He can play. Well, he's gonna get honored on Saturday. Yeah. And he was actually, uh, he's a Phoenix native and was high school teammates with Nico Mannion at Pinnacle. He could have probably earned a scholarship at a place like NAU or sure. or somewhere else. But he said, you know what, let me follow my boy Nico. We're best friends. Let me go to Pinnacle. And he's been a great practice player. Or let me go to Arizona. And he's been a great practice player for the Wildcats, whether it was under Sean Miller or Tommy Lloyd. And, you know, he, I mean, my uh, colleague Bruce Pascoe, I think, wrote a great story on uh, Tucson.com, the Wildcaster app. You should check it out. But it talks about Jordan Maines and his four-year career as a walk-on. And he was a part of that 1920 team that had their season cut short due to the pandemic. And then he was part of next year's team that played in front of cardboard cutouts in an empty arena that had the self-imposed postseason ban, was a part of the, the first year of the Tommy Lloyd era. And now here he is. Uh, in in his last year, I mean, he's seen a lot over the last few years at the University of Arizona, and I think it's cool that he's going to have his moment at McHale on Saturday. It is totally cool, Justin. And in addition to, we don't talk enough about the high caliber or the high quality of character that these transfers that have come in, what they have and what they've brought to the program. You think about these guys that are walk-ons or, uh, you know, uh, even scholarship players that just are always the 12th guy on the bench. They know they're not going to play. They were the best player in their high school, or at least one of the top two. Yeah. They were the star. You know, when they played AAU and they were playing at the, you know, JCC or the YMCA, they were the ones that, hey, we got to make sure this this guy gets the ball, takes yeah. a shot at the end. And now they come in here and they take their role, and they take their role seriously of pushing the guys that are going to play, giving them a good look, going to practice every day, practicing hard, being a good teammate. You know, I hope all of you at McHale really give guys like Jordan Maines and and Matthew Lang just a, a hearty applause on Saturday because, you know what, it, that, that, that says a lot about a young man that just is like, I'll take my role, I'm going to help make this team better, even though I know I'm not going to be the guy on game day. When the the tradition of having 
quality guys. We all know it goes back to the Fred Snowden era, goes back to the Lute Olson days, of course, the Sean Miller era, and now with, with Tommy Lloyd. I mean, it's been a big part of Arizona basketball that, you know, sometimes you're not that impactful player, right? You're not the player that's putting up the best numbers on the team, but you go on and, and you do big things in life. And Tommy Lloyd has established a culture of we have to value practice. And, you know, I, I don't I know Allen Iverson has that famous clip like practice. Man, we over here talking about practice, man. No, Tommy Lloyd loves preparation. He loves the practice. He that he loves the grind of the season. Like that's how weird Tommy Lloyd is. And I say weird as like a respectful thing. Like he loves the journey that it takes to lead up to a basketball game. And you see the intensity in practices. Like it, he holds every single player accountable, whether you're Azulus Tubelas or whether you're Will Mana, the walk-on here from Tucson that's playing at Catalina Foot or used to play at Catalina Foothills. They're over here taking charges, and the the players in practice just play with such a level of intensity, and it's it's really challenging, man. And to see the the level of play that they play at, man, it's it was it was really fun to watch, and I'm really glad that we were able to see kind of an inside look at what goes on to a Tommy Lloyd practice. But these guys are going to be CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. These guys are going to be making an impact in the world. Like the one guy that I always think of that, yes, he was a good player at Arizona, but obviously his impact is beyond basketball, and that's Harvey Mason, right? And what he did at, at now with the Grammys and the Recording Academy. Uh, you think David Baga and what he's been able to do as a walk-on. And, and I just think that so many great people have come through the Arizona basketball program that were not stars on the team, but were walk-ons and key contributors, and they go on to do big things in life. And you look at the group that they have this year, and there's a lot of just high-quality people, and these guys are going to go on to do big things in life. But, you know, the the, the two players that are going to be honored uh, that are scholarship players are Courtney Ramey and Cedric Henderson. And these guys are one-year rentals. Courtney Ramey came over from Texas, was a graduate, is a graduate transfer, and uh, Cedric Henderson, who you know was installed into the starting lineup a few weeks ago, uh, he's a graduate transfer from Campbell. Both guys have really made an impact for Arizona this season. And I mean, really, as of late, I mean, you look at the defense that Courtney Ramey provides on on the perimeter and the energy. I mean, Tommy Lloyd calls Cedric Henderson the Energizer Bunny for a reason. Uh, what those two guys have done this year. It's been very impactful, and it sucks that, you know, these guys are only here for a year, uh, but it's also really cool that, you know, you get to honor those seniors. Yeah, and, and it's you gonna know, be cool. and for being at other programs for so long, I mean, just, you don't just, it's not like a video game. You just can't insert somebody and, you know, expect them to be ready to go from the beginning, and you can, you've seen these guys get better as the year got, as the year's gone on. They've gotten more comfortable. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're both passionate. I mean, what epitomizes it to me, like for Cedric Henderson, for example, is, you know, we're, we're losing to Colorado, our, our team, four turnovers to start the game, a, a little bit lackadaisical. And he goes in there and is like, you know what, I'm going to try to dunk over this guy, energizes the team, right? Yeah. Courtney Ramey's been shooting great as of late, been a little bit more aggressive, not just on the offensive end, but just as you noted, like playing really good defense. So for me, I, I, I'm rooting for this team to go as far as it possibly can and win a national championship. That being said, I really like this team. I really enjoy this team. It, it appears this team really likes each other. They're doing a great job. So this is a really easy team to root for. Absolutely. So with and that being said, Ali. And great managers. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you, well, you're, I mean, your son Xavier is going to be on the floor and same I with know, you. I know. 
I wonder if I cry. I might, I might have gonna, a tear. You, you should shed a thug tear. Yeah, for just, sure. What's a thug tear? Only a thug a, tear. Only a thug yeah. tear, though. <laughs> it's like a you know you're you're a strong man. Yeah. Everyone knows it, and it's just like just one just solid tear. Just going down the cheek. Do I use my pinky to get it off? Yeah. Okay. So. Or like you take like your bandana handkerchief out of your back pocket and just wipe it. And okay. Put it, so I don't actually it. own a bandana, uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Not a single you'll one. You'll be there. I want you to know. I'll wipe I'm, it for I'm you. I'm doing the pinky swipe under one of the eyes, just for you. <laughs> Thank you. You can tell Hanson and Pasco <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah. But the. Uh, it's also going to be interesting on Saturday too, Ali, because could this be the last game that Azulus Tubelis plays at McHale Center? Maybe. We always do this, and I actually I just totally hate it. <laughs> um, and I know we have to do it, so it's very contradictory to what we do. It's like I'm just so enjoying right now. I'll worry about what's going to happen next year when the season's over. It's a fair question, Justin, and yeah. I'm not criticizing you. And I know it's something that we have to talk about, but I detest it. <laughs> well, and I appreciate uh, Sean Miller for that one year, the 2017-18 season, because that year they had seniors, Dusan Ristich, Parker Jackson Cartwright, great seniors, guys who have been a part of the program and went through a lot. And then Sean Miller said, you know what, I'm going to address the elephant in the room here. Guys, Alonzo Trier, Raleigh Alkins, and DeAndre Ayton are not coming back <laughs> yeah. next year. So enjoy them while you can. This yeah. is their last game at McHale Center. That part, I was like, thank you, Sean Miller. No more speculation. We could, we could write our reports. They're all gone. Yeah, but, you know, it's uh, – <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But I, you know, if, you're, not gonna fair, get that if you're fair about it, um, I don't think a guy like Azulis Tabellis knows if he's going. I don't think Dale and Terry at this point last year knew he was going and going to stay in the draft. Yeah. Uh, even Coloco, I don't think he absolutely knew. I think the only guy that knew he was leaving was Ben Matherin. So it's one of those things that you gotta you go through the season, focus on the present, take it day by day, and then when the season's over, hopefully after a national championship and a, or a long run, then you you sit down with a family, your inner circle, people you trust, and you you make a determination. Uh, Azulis Tabellis has been a great Wildcat. Selfishly, I want him to come back. Uh, as a human being, I hope he makes the best decision for himself. And he's had memorable games at McHale Center. Uh, the first one, or from his freshman season, Ali, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but he hit the game winner against Washington. It was the, the final home game of the COVID-19-influenced season. Of course, that was a year they didn't go to the NCAA tournament. But in front of a bunch of cardboard cutouts at home against Washington, I think uh was a Terrell Brown playing for the Wildcats? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. And then... Man, he, Later on, played for Washington last he, year. He did good for them last year. Absolutely. But against uh, UW, Azulis Tubelis hit the game winner in the corner, finished with uh, 16 and 15. And then um, last year, he actually had uh, – or no, going back to his freshman year, he had 31 points and eight rebounds against USC. And I looked at the box score, Ali, and I couldn't believe my eyes, but Benedict Matherin was coming off the bench for Arizona. Yeah, ben, remember ben, that? Ben was a remember bench player. That? He, well, it was his like, freshman year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember so that. So he was, he was figuring it out still. But I'm like, man, Matherin coming off the bench, that's a, interesting. Can I tell you a story about how these guys, we were talking about Azulis Tabellis, and like they really don't know themselves. I was listening to the Ryan Rosillo podcast. They, he was in Salt Lake City. And he had Lori Marketin as his guest. Oh. And uh, yeah, Lori was great. And he was talking about when he came to Arizona, like he chose Arizona, and he's like, I thought I was going to be there four years. He's like, where am I going to be, spend the next four years of my life? And ultimately, he's like, I'm going to, Arizona's the right place for me. And he's like, then halfway through the season, it goes to Christmas break, and they're like, oh, no, you're one and done. 
And he's like, what? I just got here. Yeah. And they're like, no, you need to go. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, really, honestly, a lot of these guys don't don't even know. Think about if he stayed, though. Oh. Lori and DeAndre Ayton? Yeah. Is, what do they call him? <laughs> oh, they call him Dirk Nowiski Light. Yeah. Lori Marketin. Again, another another thing is, like, it's amazing landing in the right spot, being in the right system, being in the right environment, having the right coaching. How much? How many variables are necessary for a lot of guys to succeed? I mean, if Laurie Marketing were in Cleveland right now, I'd be like, oh yeah, he's he's okay, he's pretty good. I mean, he's 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 but he's an all star. It's all about he's fit. an all star, man. So yeah, really happy for him. He did Absolutely. a great job. The finisher. I think it's safe to say that the best Azulus Tubelis game at McHale Center is the forty piece. Oh, easy, easy. <laughs> easy. Man, I wanted him to break that record so bad. Could have had fifty. Could have had, had like eight minutes to do it too. And yeah. there didn't seem to be a sense of urgency. Seven to break minutes it. and 33 seconds, to be exact, my friend. Hmm. He had like seven and a half minutes to do it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up next on Spears at Ali, uh, let's talk with Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority. We'll talk to him about uh, Arizona Wildcats basketball. Maybe, maybe some conference realignment. We got to talk to him about conference realignment. Yeah, and what the Pac 12 is doing. Apple TV, scripts, what's the Pac 12 doing? We'll talk about that coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. You're listening to Spears and Ali on this beautiful Friday afternoon. So what's going on uh, with the the Pac-12? Is it going to be on Apple TV? Is it going to be on uh, regional networks due to a partnership with Scripps? Let's talk about it with uh, Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority. Uh, Jason, of course, following your Twitter account, you've been following Pac-12 realignment and the Pac-12 media rights deal. It seems like there's just this, uh, what I call a source off, a lot of reporters tweeting one thing and they're denying the other report, and it's just a lot of back and forth, and a lot of people don't really seem to know what Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov is really doing. What do you make of the latest reports of Apple TV and also Scripps? Uh, I think Apple TV is very real. Uh, I think that is an option that is being talked about at length. Um, I could absolutely see an an offer being presented to the Pac-12 president. Uh, The thing with Apple I think people need to realize is they're on their own schedule. So there's no rush for them. They'll make an offer when they're ready, and they're pretty stubborn uh, when they do make it in terms of the numbers. The Scripps thing was weird to me because I I don't see any way you know, I, I, I trust Brett. I, I think he's a great reporter, and so um, I'm sure whoever gave him that was, was a good source. But, um, you know, that the vibe I get from that is they probably had a discussion or two, and it, it just kind of leaked to say, hey, we've actually talked to them. But I, I don't see them as a, a real option. I don't think that was ever going to be a way um, the Pac-12 went in, in that direction. You know what the conference should do, Jason, is they should start their own network. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it the uh, the Pac-12 Network, and there you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, so I have no sources, right? And I'm I'm just reading everything. I read you. I read every, everybody. And so here's my here's my speculation. I think that this is going to go in two phases. Phase one is they're going to get some deal on the table from whatever providers, and then step two is going to determine whether the Pac-12 is going to stay together because. That's when schools are going to start jockeying for whether or not they think they get a bigger uh, slice of the pie. Yeah, I mean, eventually, 
George Kolekov has to present an offer, and he's going to, and I suspect that's going to happen in the next week or two. Um, he's going to present an offer, and then that that kind of triggers the next step. Um, you know, if the offer is not good enough, I think you see schools start to really seriously look around, and if it is good enough, then this whole thing is coming to an end. But I think we're at the point in the negotiation where, you know, I think the one thing we can agree on with reporters and all that is the longer this goes, the worse it looks. And you're starting to hear March as kind of the target date. And if we're in mid-March or late March and, and there's no word of a deal, even in structure, I, I think things are going to get uh, more dicey than they've ever been. And, and schools are going to become a lot more serious about looking out for their own interests. So Arizona, of course, and along with the other schools not named USC and UCLA, they've been patient with all this and you know what George Klyavkov is doing. But it seems to me that the inevitable is happening and that maybe Arizona, along with ASU and maybe Colorado and Utah, could pack up their things and, and go to the Big 12. Because I think Arizona has to look at this from a basketball standpoint. And yes, it sucks to lose the Pac-12 footprint and lose... UCLA in that rivalry, but I think Arizona could do a lot of good just by going to the Big 12. Yeah, I think Arizona's in a very unique position because you can make an argument it's pretty much the only Pac-12 school where, where basketball is clearly bigger than football in the community. And so even though football makes more money than basketball, I mean, I, I think Arizona, it's a much easier sell by saying, look at basketball, we're going to the best conference in America right now. And we're and I think that's a much easier sell than you know one of these football programs where it's like yeah we're going to the Big Twelve even though like a like a Utah I get I mean they're going to be top two one you know two, one or two in the Pac twelve for for years to come once USC and UCLA leaves and, and their basketball is what it is Arizona is kind of in in a different direction right now and so to me when you're Arizona and you're looking at what's most important athletically it's kind of a no brainer in terms of basketball that. Once USC and UCLA leave, the Pac-12, no matter who they add in basketball, it's going to consistently be one of the worst conferences in America. Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. All right, Jason, let's uh, switch over and talk some uh, Arizona Wildcats basketball. This weekend is Senior Day, and for you know some scholarship players, you know guys who haven't been here for three to four years, right? But you know they're players that have made an impact for the Arizona Wildcats. And that's Cordy Ramey and Cedric Henderson. Uh, what, what do you like just about what those two guys have been able to bring to Arizona's youth? You know, I, I think they fit in really well. And it, and it took a little bit to get there. Uh, I think Courtney Ramey took probably a little bit longer defensively than Cedric did. But they bought in. And that's something that not a lot of transfers are able to do. And they have roles. But, I mean, you know, Cedric Henderson on Campbell was the guy that had a lot of freedom. They, you know, if, if you've ever seen Campbell, they, they don't run an offense. They kind of just say, put shots up, and, and that's that when Henderson is there. And, and this is, you know, there's freedom at Arizona, but there's obviously a lot more talent. And Cedric Henderson chose to be one of a bunch of players in a, in, in a team rather than the guy on Campbell. And, and Courtney Ramey's been through a lot, and he's playing his best basketball of the season as of late. And, you know, it, it's very hard to – hit on in the transfer i mean it could go it could go very wrong where guys don't meet expectations or aren't happy with the roles and all that but um i think tommy lloyd hit on both of them they've accepted the roles they've played well um you know they they fought in and, and really it's it's been nice to see 
You know, I think this year uh, the number one uh, ranked team in the country has lost more in this year than any other year. I think there's like a 500 record for teams in the top 15 or 20 um, losing on the road. Unlike football, where it's five teams and everybody else, I've never – I don't recall there being so much parity in college basketball. What, what say you, Jason? Yeah, I, you know, I think this year's wild. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if a, a somewhat random team won the title where we're not really calling them title contenders and all of a sudden they're right there. Similar to kind of North Carolina where they made the run. And, and you know, it, it's the, the transfer portal has allowed a, a lot more parity. And, and there's not – like, I think Houston, Alabama, you know, I, I think those are two really good teams. But it also wouldn't shock me if – you know, they got tough matchups. And, and I look at the bracketologies and all that, and I'm like, you know, some of these seven, eight, nine seeds are, are really good teams, are teams I could easily pull off upsets. And um, I, I think this is a year where we're probably going to see more upsets than usual and more really good second-round matchups and even first-round matchups. And it doesn't feel like there's that clear team where you point to and you go, okay, that team's the, the absolute favorite to win the title, and if they don't win it, it'll be a surprise. So, Jason, uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, I have a pretty good sense on when it could be, you know, guys' last games at McHale Center. Well, I say that, but then I also thought that Dalen Terry was going to come back for another year. So, you know, who, what am I saying right now? But I feel like this is going to be Azulus Tubelis's last home game at McHale Center. And if it is, man, it's been a wild ride for Azulus Tubelis. How do you just kind of summarize his career up to this point and maybe what's left for him in March? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been, like you said, it's, it's been a fun ride because he's a kid that he came in and he was pretty good his freshman year. But, I mean, to make the jump and the improvement that he does, at you know, from, from every season, it's, it's fun to watch. And, and always put his head down and, and work hard and, you know, brought that mentality. And, you know, I, I always go back to before the season where we asked him about the Houston game. And, and he right away he admitted that he, he pretty much he got punked. And he admitted it, and a lot of guys wouldn't admit it. And um, if anything, it made him work harder. And we've seen that he's tougher this season. And I do think he needs to bounce back and, and play well this March. I mean, Arizona, you know, it doesn't mean he, they need to make a Final Four to cement his legacy, but it's kind of like, you know, that, that lasting memory, if he doesn't have a good tournament, that's, that's what it'll be. And I think he kind of needs to do that. It needs to put together some good games, but – um, he, he's been fun to watch at Arizona, and, and whether it's his last game or not, I mean, if he comes back next year, he'll be a first-team All-American and all that. But um, I, I think that, if anything, he's actually a little underappreciated for just how he's handled himself and, and you know, sticking with Arizona and, and improving every year. Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Be, please be sure to follow Jason on Twitter today. Arizona taking on ASU tomorrow afternoon at McHale Center, tip-off set for noon. Jason, always appreciate you. Thank you, as always, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Always. Jason's the man. Yeah. I like uh, a very uh, dry sense of humor, that guy. Oh, I, absolutely. I find him to be quite hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's very – he says things and people take it seriously, and he's like – What's Twitter, man? I know. It's just like – you. Like he's Twitter, obviously, he's yeah. being sarcastic, right? Yeah. Anyway, I think he's really funny. Twitter's an interesting place. It's because you could say, I like pancakes, and then people will jump on you, like, whoa, what's wrong with waffles? What about French toast? Huh? Yeah. Like, what, 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 what's so great about pancakes? People just, you can't have 
You can't just make a normal like pancake so much. Why don't you marry him? It, it, well, yeah, you can't make a general statement without people getting on you. But anyways, I'm excited for the game on Saturday. Um, you know, w- by the way, what's your favorite senior day moment at McKell? I think it's coming up this Saturday, buddy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What about a f- notable Arizona ASU moments? Is, or is that coming up this Saturday as well? Well, that that as well. I mean, Azulis Tabellas hitting the uh, the layup at the end to win the game up in Tempe. Oh, James Akinjo's missed three pointer. That was a pass. <laughs> it was a pass. Celine Stoudemire's game winner in Tempe as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Steve Kerr to me, I think course, is, the, is the top one. Of course. Yeah. I mean, terrible that terrible uh, incident, uh, terrible people, um, and just uh, just throwing it, crushing them, crushing yeah. them with a three pointer. Yep. 12 points. And the world knew about Steve Kerr from that point on. Yeah. All right, coming up next, let's talk about Arizona versus ASU with uh, Sun Devils reporter Shane Diefenbach from PHNX. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. ESPN Tucson has great deals for you from local businesses. Right now, you can find half-off deals from Bookstore Southwest Adult Shop, Coffee Exchange Bistro, Allure Medical, Miller Surplus, The Landing, and more. Find out the latest half-price Friday deals and save some moolah seven days a week at ESPNTucson.com. So that music right there is Bach. And our next guest is Shane Diefenbach, who is... uh, Amazing reporter, personality, that does a great job covering ASU Sun Devil Athletics at PHNX. Shane, always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you as always. What's going on, my man? Nothing. I appreciate the uh, the intro. I was a little confused as to where that was going. and That got me fired up. I'm ready for this now. Heck yeah. We got we got the Bach joining us on uh, Spears and Ali <laughs> today. Uh, but, you know, you know, it's been a couple of months since the last time Arizona and ASU have played against each other in basketball. Uh, you know, down here in Tucson, we've been monitoring the Arizona Wildcats. From your perspective, how would you summarize the last two months with the ASU basketball program? Uh, it's it's just been a whirlwind, man. It's a typical it's typical Bobby Hurley, man. Uh, it, it, that is what it is. This these last two months have just been so up and down, and and it's weird this reoccurring theme that you always see with ASU, where they come out pretty hot, and you're like, is this team different? And then Something happens, and you never really know what it is. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't want to say it, but it's kind of just been typical with the transfers and the letdowns that have come in the, the, this last couple of weeks. But, you know, you see them getting hot again. You start to believe again. And now they got a, a gauntlet to end the year at these last three games. And so Bobby Hurley's future, to me, it looks a little murky. I'm, I'm wondering, like, what your perspective is on the outlook of the program and what it's like moving forward with Bobby Hurley as our next head coach. Yeah. I mean, the, the, this season, especially, um, as I said, it's just a, it's a constant reoccurring. So you, 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 I mean, players come in and out. The coach is the only constant here, um, with what's been going on. So I, yeah, I, I think it is a little murky. Uh, I, I don't want to say this, this is it if he doesn't make the tournament, but you know, that's kind of the consensus that, I'm hearing from fans, at least. I don't know what the university is thinking. Shane, do you think that ASU is looking at this game Saturday against Arizona as basically win or, in, win or we're out of the tournament? Is, is it that kind of a state of desperation? Uh, it's, it's, it's win and you're out of the tournament, uh, or win or you're out of the tournament if you don't 
take UCLA and USC and make some noise in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, it, it is as close to a must-win to get an at-large bid as there has been. Well, they can definitely – we're going to allow them to beat USC and UCLA. That's that's fair. Um, but for as inconsistent as this team is, and they are, as you mentioned, what is the most consistent aspect of this team? Uh, absolutely the defense, without a question. Uh Defense, to me, I've always said, is so effort-based. It's a, it's a want to. Um, sure, athleticism helps, but if you trust your teammates and you want it every night, um, you will be a good defensive team. And this team has a lot of length, a lot more than Bobby Hurley's teams have had in the past. And Hurley's defense has always been pretty solid, but this is definitely the best I've seen in a very long time. Um, yeah, defense night in and night out has been solid. There's been a couple lapses as of late in terms of finding three-point shooters, and that's definitely a problem that um, you're going to have to make sure it doesn't happen come tomorrow. Uh, but for the most part, that's the only thing that's really been consistent this entire year. So when Arizona and ASU played against each other on New Year's Eve, uh, Arizona got out to a very promising start. It seemed like ASU couldn't buy a bucket, but then they found a spark to start the second half. They cut it to within two and then, of course, Arizona was able to pull away. What do you remember about that game and kind of the mistakes that ASU caused themselves? Uh, yeah, well, I remember just this team instilling uh, the, the belief in me that they're never out of it. A lot of old teams from the past are, as soon as they get down 15, it's, it's game over. But this team really doesn't hang their head. So that's, that's what I remember. But in terms of mistakes, I mean, it's just Bobby Hurley teams, the, the, the players don't have a leash. You know, you're allowed to shoot whatever. And, and to a certain extent, that's awesome with a guy that's a, that can get his own shot in Desmond Cambridge basically all the time. But shot selection has always been a problem with these Hurley teams. And a lot of, you know, a, a lot of season ticket holders, that's probably their biggest gripe is the bad shots, bad shot selection. And, and it does hurt you a lot. And against U of A, and a good team like U of A and a good team like UCLA, when you start to take bad shots um, and, you, and you kind of the, – the knuckles start getting white, uh, the shots kind of get even worse, and then the confidence goes, and that's that's what I saw in that game as well. You know, for as much as we focus on the theatrics of Bobby Hurley uh, on the sideline, um, <laughs> yeah, it no, I mean, with all seriousness, I mean, and from, his diet coke, it, yeah, I love from, it. From an outside point of view, it does seem like his players like playing for him, oh, and yeah. they do. You know, whatever his message is, it does resonate. Tell us about Bobby Hurley, his relationship with the players, and and how does how does he engender that kind of uh, dedication? Yeah, I mean, he's just like a he's like a really uh, relaxed parent. I, I kind of explain it. He 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 lets his kids eat all the junk food they want. He lets them pull up from three and do whatever. But he's also just a really great person and cares about these guys off the court. Um, you see a lot of players come back. Uh, you see Lugan's door came back a couple of months ago. You see Zylan Cheatham always in the building. You saw James Harden come back um, a couple nights ago as well. Like they, they, The players resonate with him because he keeps it real. Um, and he never wants to discourage a player. But I also think that part of that part of his personality is also a part of the fault of his coaching. Um, I feel like he doesn't have a tight enough leash around some of his players sometimes. And, and it, it results in a 29 point performance against Washington State. So Shane, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, interesting games between Arizona and ASU. Uh, What game comes to mind when you think about just memorable matchups? Oh, I mean, there's there's been a a ton of good ones. I 
I try to erase a lot of them because they haven't won <laughs> in a very long time. Um, yeah, it, the the ones at McHale are always so fun to me. So this weekend's going to be cool because it's just ASU. I, I'm a, I hate um, I hate Desert Financial. I think it's one of the worst places in the Pac-12 just because of how old it is. So I mean, when it gets when it gets rocking in there, it's loud. But there's nothing like McHale. So um, basically, any away game that ASU has played, even even the outcomes when it's not going well, just go, being able to go on a run at McHale is really special to me. And I'm going to give you uh, – what can you tell us about your all-time ASU starting lineup? If you were to take five players in ASU basketball history and create the all-time ASU lineup, which five players are you taking? Mm. Well, this one isn't going to be one of the best players, but my guilty play – not guilty play. One of my like most random favorite athletes I've ever watched in college is Trent Lockett. So Trent Lockett starting at the three. Um, okay. I'll go Basinski at the five. Um, Diagu at the four. Mm, let's see, probably Lieber in house. Okay, man, you're excluding James Harden. I actually respect that, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh I did, didn't I? Yeah. I mean, it's your probably before your well, time. There's a guy named Alton Lister here, 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 at center. Here, here. There was Fat Lever at guard. I mean, well, yeah. he he said Fat Lever. Oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah I mean, here at the one here. This is what we'll do. We'll put we'll we'll have Lockett come off the bench and put Harden at the three. I think yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to do that. I still I still think I'm hoarse from screaming. He's left-handed. He's going left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yelled at five consecutive games and it didn't work. I know. James I know. Harden had their number for sure. All right, that's uh, Shane Diefenbach from PHNX. Oh, by the way, not only does Shane cover ASU Sun Devils, but he does a great job hosting the PHNX Bet Show with Johnny Venerable. So, Shane, uh, do you have any locks of the weekend for your boy? Oh, um, let's see. What was, I, what was I, what did I get today? I've been, I've been touching the XFL, which I would recommend staying away from, if that's the advice I gave. Okay. Uh, ben DiNucci cost me a, 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 a couple coin yesterday, oh. um, so that wasn't great. The Nooch! Um, not really anything this weekend. I think uh, throw everything at John Jones next weekend when uh, when he fights. Uh, okay. That's my advice to you guys. Okay. What about Jake Paul and Tommy Fury? Ever... <laughs> Stay the hell away from that. <laughs> uh, that's Shane Diefenbach from PHNX. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and find all of their work at gophnx.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Shane, thank you for your time today. We appreciate you. Have a good weekend, my man. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. I mean, I hope he has a good weekend, just not so much Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Nooch. The Nooch. You yelled out the Nooch, and I'm like, Shane has no idea what we're talking about. But You can you can follow up with him. I the mean, Nooch. I mean, losing coin on the Nooch. I mean, that's not what the Nooch does. The Nooch is your buddy. The Nooch is your pal. You got you got a problem? In, not get, in 2023. You get sick and, you know, <laughs> accidentally throw up in his car. He's cool with that. He'll help clean it up. It's the, the Nooch. In the back of his Trans Am. Ben right. That was actually the first time I... I turned off Sunday Night Football before I even watched the snap. It was like, all right, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the Cowboys' offense, and then right off the bat, Ben DiNucci. I'm like, nope, not doing it. Sorry. <laughs> He's got the Lands in jacket, you know. Yeah, this is the Nooch. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Nooch and XFL, let's talk about it and the interesting rules and 
We're going to pick our favorite XFL teams. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali I coming up next. I better look him up. He's the Nooch. The Nooch. The Nooch. The guy Nooch. <laughs> Nooch is your buddy. The Nooch is the kind of guy driving you around in a 79 Trans Am. You might have had a few too many the night before throwing up his car. The Nooch doesn't get on your back. No, he helps you. He holds your hair back, Andrew, when you need to throw up. <laughs> when, you, when you need a little lift, the Nooch has got that six-pack for you when you need it. And he put his hands around your shoulder. When you're a fake coach of a fake high school that doesn't exist and you get fired by a fake administrator, the Nooch knows how to take it to the next level and bring the whiskey, not the beer. <laughs> the Nooch! The Nooch. <laughs> I want to know what substance Phil Collins was on when he was writing songs for the Tarzan soundtrack. Disney magic. Because the man was in his bag. <laughs> like, he was in a, a whole nother atmosphere that I just I can't describe. Because the the magic that he came with for, with the, the Tarzan soundtrack, man, it's... It's unlike any other. Yeah, that's his Mount Phil Collins' Mount Rushmore <laughs> of music is the Tarzan track, track yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, it is. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you do know you do know music. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know about Phil Collins, his other tr- tracks, but yeah, you know the, the, the one air, about coming the, in the one air tonight. he watched a kid, a guy, a kid was drowning, and then the guy watched him and he didn't help him. And you know then, what? And I, then he saw that guy 30 years later. and I actually listened to that song after Eminem told me in a rap song. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like that song that Phil Collins wrote. You know, your knowledge of everything of show is that, like one, se- one the end of the show step he found of him? separation, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all, it's yeah. like, how do you know about this Star Wars thing? Oh, Family Guy. <laughs> you only know Star Wars from Family Guy. In fact, I think all your pop culture comes from Family Guy. And, and now Eminem. you listen to Eminem songs like, oh, you know what? I think that guy's. I feel I can to listen to that Phil Collins song. And then at the end of his show, he found him. That's kind of yeah. how this is. Yeah. You gotta rescue me from drowning. Yeah. Yeah. Stan, good, great song by Eminem. It is a great song. Listen, listen to that song by <laughs> Phil Collins. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, to end hour number two here on Spears and Ali. By the way, if you want to call into the show, seven one nine fourteen ninety is the phone number. Seven one nine one four nine zero. But um, you know, Ario Speedwagon was a uh, was a band, and it's not. I know Ario Speedwagon. Not, not a stagecoach in Tombstone, right? I, I okay, do know that. Yes. You excited about the XFL? Am I excited about the XFL, Justin? I can't tell you how not excited I am about the <laughs> XFL. <laughs> I just, I could. You just, you need a break until the IFL season. Indoor football going. league, man, that's where it's at. Yeah, look, the only way a spring outdoor league is gonna work is if it's like the Harrisburg Steelers. The Frisco Cowboys, and they're like minor league organizations of NFL teams where you can see, because guys like me that love the sixth and seventh round of the draft, we can see all those guys, all the futures guys. The G League of the NFL. Yeah, that's the only way it's going to work. Yeah. Well, it, it's going on right now, and of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson revived it and is the the founder and commissioner of it. Um, and you know, we've seen uh, some interesting matchups. Ben DiNucci, the nooch, yeah. as we refer here on Spears and Ali. Uh, he blew a lead with the Seattle Sea Dragons, and he's not the only former NFL player that's playing in this league. Uh, you have uh, Hakeem Butler, former Arizona Cardinal, making plays, and uh, Martavis Bryant playing for the Vegas Vipers. Yeah, and you got uh, A.J. McCarron, the f- former Alabama Cincinnati quarterback, just had a big game for, what, the St. Louis Battle Axes or something like he that? He actually led Battle them in Hawks. rushing. Battle Hawks. Led yeah. them in rushing in it, their first game. It wasn't the Battle Axes, like my really old spouse? Okay. No. All right. Battlehawks. Battlehawks, okay. And uh, led them in rushing. A.J. McCarron. Wait, what? A.J. McCarron led them in rushing. How do you know all this? Because it's, Xf- it's, it's the XFL, baby. Are you baby. <laughs> 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 
by the way, uh, each player in the XFL, they make an average of about $60,000 per year. Uh, housing is paid for, and they get two meals per day. And then how about those rules, right? The the kickoff is safe, I think. Um, and you have an opportunity for a three-point play, yeah. right? You're not just limited to one- and two-point conversions. If you're down by a field goal, you can you can make it happen and, and go you know, for the three-point play. There's no onside kicks. You can go fourth for a fourth and 15 and yeah. you get the ball back. I think that's how a team beat the San Antonio Brahmas, which yeah. I think is my team because Heinz Ward is the head coach. They were up 18 to nothing or something. and Yeah, Heinz Ward will – were they up 18 nothing? They were up like 18 to 3 or 18 to nothing. I could have told Hines you're in trouble because he was wearing like capri pants on the sideline. I'm like, dude, the, the pants got to cover the ankles. But those are what coaches are into <clears> nowadays, man. Is it right? Is that right? Yeah. Just right to the cap. Yeah, huh? we we actually had a had a joke during training camp. We were like, hey, do you think uh, every training camp Johnny Nansen's pants just go up just a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny Nance is about the, the ankle action, man. Is that right? Yeah. It's got to be a weird tan to get. <laughs> you got a farmer's tan just, just a ring. R- right there on right your, at the calf. <laughs> your ankles. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing coaches are into, man. you got to show off the ankles. It's, just gonna it's, keep, it's European style. It's going to keep that's going up and up and up until we're back to like the 1980s with those like well, it's just like Raleigh, tie shorts, high socks. Raleigh Hawkins when yeah. he was here at Arizona. I mean, it felt like. His shorts were like turning into track shorts at one point. Yeah, dude. But if if your body looked like Raleigh Hawkins, I I would just walk go on the court naked. Very true. You know, I was like, yeah, that guy's like a Greek god. Number sculpted. painted yeah, on your body. Yeah, exactly. All right. Sports Illustrated cover picture. <laughs> the, the, uniform, body the body issue. Raleigh Hawkins with a uniform. Shout out to Prince Fielder, by the way, holding it down for the big dudes. Our number. 